It's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better listen in public, might make your stomach hurt. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to unwind, you better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to get your snack, you better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Purple Pants Podcast, episode 227, Toronto. I serve as your humble and oh-so-gracious host, Bryce Isaiah, and I thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. If you could be so kind to ensure that you are subscribed to the Purple Pants Podcast, we are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever it is that you get podcasts. The Purple Pants Podcast awaits for you to subscribe, write a review, and give your baby boy some fun. Five star, uh, 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 what is going on, Purple Pants Posse? How has everyone been doing? I hope that your week has been treating you well. And if not, I'm guaranteed this podcast will put a smile on your face. Listen, yeah, baby boy is reporting live from Toronto, 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 Toronto. Listen, it is Survivor. 44 premiere week okay and your baby boys are traveling to toronto so listen i got a lot going on packing traveling getting my my work stuff getting all of this together and so you know it has been a crazy weekend uh the challenge mania podcast came into town and so you know they reached out so myself, James Jones, Wendell Holland, and Derek Frazier, we pulled up to the Challenge Media podcast, and it was a really good live show. They did a great job, so huge, huge, huge. I don't know why I'm saying huge, like huge, huge. Huge shout out to them, uh, Scott and Derek uh, from the Challenge Media podcast. And also, I was just a little humble because I don't keep up as regularly with the challenge as I should. However, I more so was like the beginning, like the first 10, 11 seasons, like I watched the challenge. Um, so it was just crazy to see uh, Derek from the challenge there. And I've been such a big fan of Derek. You know, he's like a two or three time winner just to see him in person. But I just was so shocked at uh, when we know we got to go behind stage and, you know, of course, Anissa's from Philly. So we know Anissa, uh, Mark, we know Mark, you know, um, and some of the new people from Ride or Dies were there. I didn't know um, that one of them was from Philly. It was like such a small world. But again, I was, y'all know me, I'd be a little nervous. I'd be a little weird. So like, you know, we're back there and I'm just like, you know, talking with Anissa and out the corner of my, oh, and shout out from Ed from Concha Hockey, you know, that's Zaddy. Uh, but, you know, I'm talking with Anissa and I just hear, Bryce, I'm like, when I, t- <laughs> when I tell y'all, I, I'm sure Derek was like, what is wrong with this man's face? I was flabbergasted, posse. Like, I was like, how did he know my name? Like, I was like, oh my God. So uh, it took me a little minute, but uh, they were really, really nice. I was uh, surprised that Derek knew who I was. Okay, I was fanning out a little bit. I was like, Derek, Derek. Uh, but it was a great weekend, but. Whew, packing. Baby boy had to pack, get myself together. It was just a lot going on. And I don't know about you, Purple Pants Posse, but for me, it's like if ever I'm leaving out of town or, you know, going a couple of days, I always like my house to be clean. Like I like to return to a clean home, like new sheets on the bed, like, you know, new Glade plugins in, you know, just, you know. And so that I have realized that that adds a lot of stress on me because not only is it packing, getting the stuff out, but then it's also like cleaning up your house. Like, oh, it was a lot. It was a lot. But listen, I am just so excited uh, to be in Toronto. I'm so excited for the premiere of Survivor 44. Oh, my God. You know, it's like a holiday. And of course, we are kicking off the Bryce and Win Tour 44. And so, but listen, Y'all thought I wasn't going, you know, give my posse something to eat this week. Yeah, baby boy always got you covered. So I'm so excited for this week's episode. You know, we got our church announcements. And then on this week, I am breaking down um, some TV shows or just giving you my thoughts on it. Uh, the Real Friends of WeHo on MTV. I've 
heard a lot of chatter, chitter, chatter about this. And, you know, I've been hearing a lot of negative reviews about it. So I really wanted to watch it and give my take on it. So definitely tune in. And then The Real Housewives of New Jersey just premiered. And so I'm not really breaking down the episode. I'm kind of sort of breaking down the drama that is surrounding it. And whew. Okay, it never disappoints. And then we got our Freak of the Week. So listen, Toronto, make some noise. L.A., make some noise. New York. Okay, yes, and I am singing the lyrics from the Bryce Isaiah featuring Wendeezy 244, available on all streaming platforms. So if you haven't listened to that song yet, you better go download it. You better go stream it, okay? Bryce will be on the 244. Let's get into these church announcements. Right along with your church announcements, I'm your host, Bryce Isaiah, here with a message. Psych nah, it's your boy Wendy's. You know what time it is. It is time for the church announcements. I just wanted to jump on, hijack the church announcements for a little bit, because you know, not only am I Perp's best friend, Bryce Isaiah's best friend, but I'm also a member of the Purple Pants Posse. So I like to speak to my people a little bit. And I just wanted to let everybody know that we are kicking off the Bryce and Tour 44. That's right. Season 44 Survivor is kicking off this week. And I just wanted to let y'all know that first we're in Toronto on March 1st. Um, for the premiere, we also have many events the day before on Tuesday. We're going to be on the morning show. We are going to do our event with Empower Inc. to raise awareness for breast cancer. We are doing a race and reality TV um, panel at the Toronto Public Library. That night, we're doing a karaoke event with our great, great friend Aza from Big Brother. And then Wednesday night, we are doing Bryce and Wen presents the premiere in Toronto. It's going to be Incredible. We can't wait with some incredible sponsors. Global TV. This is the network that airs Survivor in Canada and Big Brother and your favorite shows. Global TV will be in attendance. They will have a huge presence at our party. They might do some cool giveaways. We will also have Love and Grit from Philadelphia. They are kind of a subsidiary of Visit Philly, which any Philadelphian knows. But Love and Grit is coming up with us to Toronto, and they're going to have an, an awesome activation at the party as well. So we wanted to shout out our sponsors, but we also wanted to let you know that on March 15th, we will be in Los Angeles. If you're in or around L.A., let's go. Let's do it again. You know, we're going to be at St. Felix out there. Um that's just going to be a great time. You know, there are a lot of people in L.A. and our L.A. parties always do what they're supposed to do. Then March 29th, we're in Seattle. It's our first time in Seattle. It's going to be great. That's it. We got an awesome venue up there and we have a lot of fun things in store. I believe we're going to do some cool interactive survivor trivia before we start. So that's going to be a great time. April 5th, we are in Atlanta, A-Town, ATL. You already know what it is. That's my second home. Shout out to all my people from Morehouse. Shout out to all my sisters from Spelman and everybody in Atlanta. Make sure y'all pull up. Um, that's April 5th. Then April 12th, we are in Pittsburgh. That's right. We are coming to Pittsburgh for the first time. It's going to be an incredible event. We got some good special guests for there. May 3rd, we are going back to Boston. Boston, you already know how it goes. You guys showed out last season. We we weren't even going to come back to Boston this season, but we after you guys showed out like that, we were like, we have to come back. So Boston, we are coming back. We'll be at the greatest bar again. They are so great there. Such a great time. We love y'all, Boston. May 10th, homecoming again. We are coming back to Philadelphia. May 10th, um, we're going to be at the Winston. That's going to be an incredible, incredible time as always when we come home to be around all of our people our friends our family the purple pants posse and everybody else that's always a great time and finally may 24th for the finale we're in new york city we will be releasing the location this week we have some very good options and locations in the city we might venture outside of manhattan you never know 
But we are weighing our options right now and we will release an, a very, very epic finale party um, post and the details within the next week or two. So keep an eye out for that. Love you guys so much. Purple Pants Posse, love you so, so much. And Bryce Isaiah, thank you for allowing me to hijack the church announcements. Amen. It's a man who, it's a man you, me and potatoes like we cooking up a great stew. It's a man who, it's a man you, me and potatoes like we cooking up a great stew. Hey, your baby boy is back this week, giving you the rundown of what I have been watching these last couple of weeks. Now, this first show I want to dive right into because... I feel like you can't always go with the reviews that you see online and on TikTok. And it's really something that you just have to kind of watch for yourself. I know you guys have probably all heard of the real friends of Wayho. Okay. It's supposed to be like the gay version of Housewives. It's on MTV. I saw a trailer for it months ago and I was like, oh, okay. Like I'm going to have to check it out. Then this new season of Drag Race comes on and I don't necessarily watch Drag Race um, and everyone always keeps telling me like, why don't you watch Drag Race? You need to watch it. You would love it. And I know I would. It's like one of those things that if I watched it, I would just binge watch seasons. Just like I don't always keep up with keeping up with the Kardashians. But if I watch it, if it's, you know, the TV got it on, I'm gonna watch a whole episode of it. It's like loving hip hop. I might not watch the whole season when it's on, but catch me on a Sunday and they running reruns and I I will be obsessed and watch the whole season. And my friend Derek Frazier from Big Brother, he loves Drag Race. Him and his roommate, Adam, they do watch parties every Friday. And I remember when this current season came out and I like, I don't know, maybe that Saturday, Derek and I had went out and I was asking them how Drag Race was and they was pissed. Uh, I guess the formula had changed where they cut it shorter. And then like the after show that they do, um, they broke it up and they put the real friends of Wayho in that little time block so essentially like it was taken away from drag race and so Derek wasn't happy and you know just I was like okay well I ain't gonna watch it they said it was corny and then you know your baby boy be getting up super early and I'd be like scrolling through the TikToks and I've been seeing nothing but horrible reviews of it and I was just like oh god like guess I won't be watching that and so that was really it for me now the other morning right Happen to be, you know, scrolling through my little TikTok. Because, listen, I love me a good TikTok scroll. My For You page for me, listen, I, I, I be getting food. I be getting them random people selling stuff. And I don't know if this is weird of me. My one friend, Sarah, hates this about me. But those people that go on live. Uh, on TikTok and, you know, be like that big jar of candy and they'll be like uh, selling stuff. I don't know why I will sit and watch that live. I don't know what's wrong with me, y'all. Anyway, um, I was scrolling on a little TikTok and I guess it was, I don't know if it was a fan page or if it was the actual like Real Friends of Wayho page. And got to see a clip and I was like mm, I mean the clip kind of made me want to watch a little more of it so I said you know what I'm gonna watch an episode now y'all know I got rid of cable a year and a half ago and I'm on YouTube TV and it's been honestly one of the best decisions of my life I'm not paying $300 a month okay I'm paying $70 and I got all the channels that I want um and I can record anything now this is my first negative review of youtube tv i wanted to watch the real friends of wayho is on mtv so i just pulled it up on demand boom you know um and i started watching the first episode baby watching it on demand it was about non-commercials and I don't if you guys are familiar with like you know just cable in general when you are watching something on demand and you can kind of like pause it and it'll show you like say the the screen at the bottom of like where you're at will be blue and then I'll have like those little 
yellow dots to indicate that, you know, that's a commercial break and you can't fast forward the commercial breaks. Well, baby, at every one of these yellow dots, it's about six minutes of ads that I cannot get away from. And so, number one, I was already frustrated uh, because if it's a 40 minute show times six by six, that's an extra 36 minutes. So don't even get me started. And with my YouTube TV, I have like unlimited uh, DVR. So if I would have just like DVR'd it from the get go, I could have. But anyway, (laughs) okay, your baby boy just went on a tangent because I was over it. But I got to watch the first episode. And I will tell you, when I was on TikTok, there was a the clip that made me want to tune in, it was Todrick Hall having a conversation with this guy named Joey. And I guess they were talking about an argument that somebody had had. And Todrick was saying to Joey that maybe he needed to look at the situation from the other person's perspective. And that other person being a black man in a predominantly white space, how the way that Joey was talking to him could have made for that other person to feel uncomfortable. Now, you know, my ears perked up uh, because I feel like, okay, this is something that I feel like I talk about a lot uh, on my podcast. You know, just being a black man, but being a black gay man in a lot of white spaces, uh, a lot of the time in like the LGBTQ plus communities and places. So I was like, okay, this is kind of interesting. So I'm like, let me kind of tune in. So I've only watched the first three and a half episodes and took me about 26 hours to do that with the ads from the YouTube TV. But this is what I would say. It's a formula that works. um, And I understand a lot of the critiques and we can kind of get into that. But for the first three episodes that I watched, I mean, did I love it? No. Was it an enjoyable watch? Sure. Would would it have been even more enjoyable if it wasn't the ads in there? Yes. Like, so I'm just confused as to like the hate that it's getting. So let me give you the cast real quick. So there is Brad. Uh, He is a Hollywood stylist uh, married to a uh, comedian writer for TV and Instagram. Um, But when I know Brad and maybe I might be uh, aging myself. If any of you guys ever watched the Rachel Zoe project on Bravo, Brad was her assistant and Clearly, Brad ha- is thriving since the Rachel Zoe project. He's his own stylist. Like, you know, we see Brad all the places. So Brad is on there. Then we have Taja Call. We know Taja Call uh, from, you know, Drag Race, Taylor Swift, you know, all the controversy, you know, he don't pay his dancers, uh, you know, all of that stuff. Then we have Curtis Hamilton. Okay. He is might I add, one of the most attractive men I've ever seen in my life. But mind you, we're going to get back to Curtis because his storyline for me uh, is at the core of the best on this franchise that they got. But he is an actor. Uh, You know, he's been on things like Surviving Compton, uh, Charming the Hearts of Men, uh, The Kings of Napa, and most notably, he was on Insecure. Then we have uh, Dorian Renard. He is the CEO of a face, face skin line product. But I feel like he has modeled before because his face was very familiar. And then we have James Bond, who is an entertainment host, uh, and his husband, Jonathan Bennett from Mean Girls. Um, and then we have Joey Z, uh, and he is an influencer. Another like great thing that I enjoyed about watching the show is that, you know, I have met Todrick Call before. I've been in his home that is featured on this uh Feature on this docu- feature on this reality show, so that was like interesting. And I know there's a lot of Taja Call haters out there. You know how he played on Big Brother, a lot of the scandals that he has been in. However, the Taja that I have experienced has been nothing but warm. Has opened his home to me, um, and you know, a, a successful gay black man that I could only want to like 
want to have the success that he has because if you've ever been in his home, baby. And then it's also interesting because I have met um, James Vaughn, who is the husband to Jonathan, who I met Jonathan and James some years back at Hearts of Reality. And they're like really great. And I also thought it was so interesting because I feel like when I met Jonathan and James, I only really met Jonathan. So it was really great to see James on this show. So a lot of the issues what people don't like about this show is, well, one, is cutting in the drag race. Two, I'm going to just call the thing a thing. The storylines are very giving. It, it, you can see through that this is probably a TV show that was shot, I'd say, within a week. But, I mean, listen, that's what they do. People, you know, they, they shoot TV shows in less than that. So I think that that's one. It's... You know, people, if you're going to compare it to the Housewives, uh, you know, the Housewives is shot for months. So they've got a lot of different things going on. Um, just right off the bat, you can just tell that it's, you know, it's giving like a week, two weeks. These men don't really know each other. Um, and so that kind of like is very obvious to the the viewer. However, Brad, in my opinion, is like the if. This is Potomac. Brad is the the Karen, the grand dame. If this is Beverly Hills, Brad is the Lisa Vanderpump. Like Brad is the older, mature, uh, seems to be level headed, seems to be kind of together. And we just really enjoy Brad on this show. I just I loved Brad on the Rachel Zoe project. And I think that Brad really adds an element that is needed. Um, Todrick is just getting off of his tour. And, you know, Todrick is kind of sort of like living his best life. Now, my one critique on Todrick regarding being on this show is that like there's a little bit of drama and it is very clear that Todrick after his experience with Big Brother is trying to stay out of the drama anytime drama come or somebody comes something Todrick be like I mean I was there but I didn't see what happened so tell me what happened so he is very much so you know <laughs> staying out of the drama uh but he definitely uses this show to he does an interview uh with uh monet and bob the drag queen on one of their radio shows and he uses that time with the cameras rolling to bring the deed of his home so y'all can stop saying that his home is rented he owns his home and then he like you know I feel like he's using the show to do damage control and he's using the show for people to see a different light of him. And I mean, I, I would dare to say he is rather successful because there are a lot of nuances um, in this LGBTQ plus community uh, that I feel like Todrick touches on. Now, they don't really expand on it a lot. And I wish that we could see more of it. But I think that Todrick is the one that really kind of sort of brings it to the forefront. Now. Back to my man, Curtis Hamilton. He is a black actor. I would say in his like early 30s, looks amazing. And he is, you know, we, we would say masculine presenting. And he is a uh, been gay, <laughs> not been gay. OK, because listen, I've been gay. Uh, he <laughs> I don't know why <laughs> he been gay. <laughs> Child, I've been gay. Okay. He has come out to his family. Uh, he has known about his sexuality for a while, but has been very private. And his storyline is the one that kind of sort of I feel like touches on the heartstrings of a lot of people. And I feel like a lot of people can relate to him because being queer, being gay, being in the LGBTQ plus. Uh, spectrum. It's a spectrum. Not every gay is the same. Not every person is the, like, you know, like not everyone has the same characteristics. You know, everyone is different. You know, being gay doesn't mean that like, we're a monolith. We're all the same. And so he brings a very unique perspective. Like, you know, he's very masculine presenting uh, and he comes from a, a close knit family and he just recently came out to his brother and sister and his parents. And so him stepping out on this show is very scary for him. And you can just see that it is very real for him. And it makes me so sad uh, watching his storyline because, you know, they do little events here or there. Like, you know, they're going to Palm Springs Pride and one of the 
people ask him to attend this like wine and wigs party. And, you know, I, I could relate to him in the sense of like, you know, I wouldn't want to like I don't know how comfortable I would be um, going, putting on a wig and going out during the day to this party. Uh, but at the end of the day, that would it, that's just how I feel. But I would do it and I wouldn't be carrying that burden of like, oh, my God, what would Barb think of me uh, wearing a wig at a party? Like, you know, I, he really is carrying this weight of his family. And there is this one scene and I believe it's like episode two where he is talking to his sister on FaceTime. And I guess he's explaining to his sister some of the things and what they're doing. And uh, the sister kind of pissed me off. Like, and I get it. I mean, I get it. She, But essentially, she was just telling him that, like, I guess... And I'm not sure what I can't remember at this exact point what he was saying, but it could have been like going to Palm Springs or it could have been just like, you know, him just like, you know, having fun on this TV show that he's filming. And the sister was just like, well, you know, you just you you need to be careful. And it's just like, you know, you're sharing everything with the world. And it's like we we've just known about it for a year and and just really making it all about her and about like you know mom and dad live in a small town and so you don't know how this is going to affect them and then bringing her children into it and it really affected Curtis Curtis is like I don't want to bring any shame I don't want my nephews or my nieces to get bullied at school like oh you have a gay uncle he don't like and it just I don't know why that boiled my blood so bad. And again, I don't think the sister meant anything by it. She was just, you know, living in her feeling how being honest and it visibly affected Curtis. Like he started crying and I'm just like that. Uh, like you put in all this. Oh, you know, don't do too much. Don't be this way. You know, uh, you I feel like you sharing so much. We, we just we're still getting comfortable. F you getting comfortable with it. This ain't your life. You ain't on a TV show. It like, and, uh, sorry, y'all. That, that is the thing that just like, and that is the reason that so many people do not live in their truth. It's the reason. And again, Curtis is an attractive, attractive man. And he is carrying this barrier of his family on him. And don't get me wrong. I completely get it. You know, coming out is, it's a journey. It's a process. I get it. I unfortunately didn't really have much of the opportunity uh, to, you know, I, I am who I am and I was who I was and I've been gay. <laughs> OK, uh, so for me, I, I had to learn very early on. to like I have to live in my truth so I can understand the shoes in which Curtis is in um, a black family, a Christian family. But at the end of the day, it's like, you got to live your life. Like, you can't, like, and you know, he's in his, like, mm. So that storyline really kind of sort of touches me. And I think that that really is the realest and the storyline that kind of keeps me into it. Now, mind you, y'all know my alter ego is Spicy Bricey, right? And so there is a Dorian Renard, the CEO, um, you know, I and model, I just have to say, uh, watching Dorian on this television screen, it really, I can't really explain the feeling that I got watching him because I instantly, <laughs> good and bad, right? Uh, good and successful black gay man on TV, okay? Where my bell at, okay? Him and Curtis. When I'm speaking about the representation that I've talked about that I did not see growing up, like I would have loved to see uh, a Dorian. And also, you know, me at the ripe tender age of 30 something, you know, Dorian is older than me. Uh, but again, still a positive somebody that like I'm just like, yes, come on, CEO. Yes. I, like loved it. Now, Dorian got a spicy side and Dorian and this influencer. Uh, what's his name? Joey they got into it some little fight Joey was having an engagement party uh Joey and Curtis are friends and Curtis and Dorian are really good friends uh and so Curtis invited Dorian to the party Dorian arrived to the party well Dorian stuck his nose up a little bit because Joey was an influencer 
Okay. And, you know, he ain't really, you know, Dorian feels like anybody can be an influencer. Dorian's had to work to get where he is at to be successful. And anybody just takes a photo. Hey, you know, so he ain't really want to come. But, you know, because Curtis invited him, Dorian went. Uh, When Dorian, Dorian was there, he had shared with, I don't know if it was Brad or someone that like, he's been in the house for the pandemic. And he has developed social anxiety uh you know he met joey they seemed to like dress alike they got along and then kind of dorian kind of went to the outskirts a little bit you know he wasn't really in the mix he was kind of sort of by himself eating um you know being socially awkward a little bit again kind of like i'm seeing myself in him and then you know he meets some people who happen to be joey's friend and Dorian kind of overshares. He's like, you know, um, I've been locked up in the house. Like, you know, I don't know if this is necessarily people that I would hang out with that are at this party, but I'm here. Um, I met Joey. He seems nice. But, you know, just kind of sort of going on and on and on. Not really saying anything negative, not really saying anything positive, but just kind of like vomit of the mouth, which I can (laughs) relate to. And one of the friends took it over to Joey uh, and you know, Joey felt some type of way about it. Like, why come to my party if you're not going to like da da da? But mind you, again, and as they're like showing the friends saying this to Joey, the camera kind of sort of pans over to Dorian and Dorian by the buffet, getting some food, eating, like just, you know, <laughs> not bothering anybody. And so Joey then comes over to Dorian well, he goes to Curtis and Curtis is like, man, you just haven't spent enough time with him. Maybe if you spend some time with him, you can kind of sort of get to know him a little better. And so they walk over there and Joey immediately is on 10. And he's just like, you know, are you having a good time? And I just even by the way that Joey walked up to him, Dorian caught that energy and was on go. And, you know, he, Joey is like, if you don't want to, um, you know, why are you being so like, you know, like have a good time. Like, why are you giving this? And Dorian was like, what you mean? What am I giving? And so they just kind of sort of went back and forth and like, you know, Joey just made this huge scene at his engagement party and child Dorian has security. Okay. Listen, my type of girl made uh, like, and Dorian was like, I don't need to be here. I didn't even want to come Bye. And so. Dorian left, Curtis left with him. And then it's like, that's like the first episode Um, again. And of course, this interaction happened at the last 32 seconds of the episode. So, you know, just like in true Bravo housewife fashion, they say the little T from it. And so that seems to be the whole fracture of the group. And so, you know, but Todrick talks to Joey uh, about how he approached Dorian and how like again only being like three or four black people in that party and the three or four black people being the people that are on this cast and not anybody else there and like how that could have you know heightened why Dorian reacted that way and you know again I loved Todrick bringing in that conversation about being othered and the way that you're making the scene like again I thought like really great point um there is another like, you know, so again, I'm only three episodes in because, child, I just I got to take my time with it because, you know, the way the, the YouTube TV on demand is set up. It's really frustrating when you just want to like power through and it's like one of five ads. And then the first ad, two minutes and 46 seconds long. But anyway, um, Tajik also has some really good advice to uh, Curtis when they're on their way to Palm Spring uh, for. James's they do a cruise line James and uh his husband from Mean Girls uh, I'm messing up the names uh yeah James and Jonathan they do a cruise line which I love it's called Outbound it's a global uh LGBTQ plus travel company love it and again just great role models to see on the TV and I really just love seeing James because I'm just so used to seeing Jonathan and just seeing James's personality you know he's funny um but also it's just very and this isn't necessarily about James very one-dimensional from everybody 
And again, I know it's like the first season, but it's just like, uh, so I, I, I definitely can see a lot of the criticism um, that people are getting because it's like, you're only really getting one side of the people. Like we're not like, and sometimes when you are the first, I, I could maybe understand, potentially understand the pressure that they might be under uh, being as though this is like the first gay man series like this. And again, I feel like potentially it, ha- it could be something. Um, Everyone is just trying to give their best face. But anyway, like he is having a thank you party to all of the people that attended his cruise last year on Palm Spring. So they're hosting like this wig, wine with wigs party. And again, that's when we get the scene of Dorian and his sister. So he's a little nervous to go to this party. And especially um, now that it's adding wigs to it, uh, he goes to Brad. Brad gives him some really like great advice. Brad is being just like such a great mentor. Uh, and then they take this party bus down. But listen, Dorian and Dorian is not on that party bus because he don't want to be nowhere near Joey. Uh, but and then again, uh, Tadra gives some advice or just says like, you know, I can relate to how you are feeling growing up in a black community and wanting to respect your parents. Uh, and then just just kind of sort of more so pouring into Curtis, but also just saying in his confessionals how draining it has to be and that you know to live your life another thing that i will say is although i am not a fan or i wasn't a fan of joey uh the influencer at first on episode three after the what the the wine and wig it go good uh but joey and james meet up before the wine and the wig party and James is saying to Joey, like, have you made up with Dorian? You know, this is like my company's event that you're going to. And could you be a friend to me if you and Dorian don't make up that you don't come to the party? Okay. Then when they're on the party bus, James FaceTimes in and James is like, just remember, guys, this is my business. Like, I need you guys on my best behavior. And then when all of the guys get to the party, they're like, uh, they're about to play a game. And then James says to everybody like, oh, y'all, y'all don't need to play. Y'all could just uh, the game is for the guests. Y'all could just watch everybody like, well, damn, we ain't the guests. And so they have a dinner that night. And Joey and James are the first two people to arrive. And Joey brings it up to James. Like, I felt some type of way that you would say to me, if you and Dorian don't make up, don't come to the party. And and Joey essentially says, bitch, we just started filming. You don't know Dorian more than you know me. What would make you say that to me and not Dorian? And so Joey just kind of lays down a list of things that he has done you know, why are you telling us to be on our best behavior for your company event? Uh, why are you saying to get like, you know, he kind of sort of brings that up. And the other like Todrick, Brad and Curtis arrive and they're like, oh, what's going on? And then James is like, I know you want to be the life or the star of this show, but I'm not giving you that. I won't give you that. And then kind of Brad, you know, the mother of the show kind of chimes in and basically validates what Joey is saying about James. Now, during this interaction, right, I wasn't liking Joey, and I I don't got no problem with James. And so, like, I was like, all right, Joey just being messy, which he is. However, during this interaction, uh, I really got to see Joey in a different light. And it made me realize that although I didn't like Joey with how things went with him and Dorian, um, Joey actually is the only part. Joey and Curtis are the only person, in my opinion, um, that are actually bringing something to the show. And again, Joey might be a little over the top. He might be doing the most. But I feel like if the cameras weren't there, this I just get that this is like Joey personality. He might be a lot like, you know, and I for James to kind of say that, it's like, are you jealous a little bit? Like, I don't know. So I don't like Joey. I It's giving, Joey is giving very much a Kenya Moore. Like, you know, great for the show. Some people love him. Some people hate him. Uh, but it just was like, you know, 
So that's how far I got with it. Three episodes. I definitely am going to finish it. Now, mind you, <laughs> no more shade. I only think it's five episodes. Now, I don't know if because I thought it came out like a while ago. So I thought the season might be over. I don't know if new episodes are still coming out. Uh, but then, you know, when you type in like Real House or I'm saying Real Housewives, Real Friends of WeHo. You know, when you type in a Google, the first thing that come up is like cancel, but it hasn't been canceled yet. However, they've just been receiving a lot of negative feedback. Um, and again, a lot of the feedback is uh, manufactured, like not real. People don't seem to really know each other. But the biggest issue I see is that it's kind of in the middle of drag race. And. I don't, I don't even like that thinking. Like, I guess MTV was like, oh, we figured this demographic of gay people would love this. So we'll put it right. Like, no, you can put it on. Like, you can put it on after Jersey Shore or you, you get somebody else to do it. Find another place for it. But I really do think that it is an OK show. I think that if we had more seasons of it, it could be, it, it could grow. It could definitely grow. But I just really feel like uh, the boys have their guards up because this is the first of its kind. They know it's like the first season and they don't want to give too much. Everybody's trying to give to whatever. And I feel like that kind of like, it doesn't add to it. But again, watching this show and seeing a Dorian when I tell y'all Doria is me, me is Doria. Like, again, like, I just have never seen a character that, like, I'm just like, oh, don't do that. Don't do that. But I see so much of myself in Dorian. And I don't know why I, like, I'm smiling while I say this because there aren't really many people out there that I say, like, I see myself in. I know there are people that, like, oh, I see. Oh, that reminds me of you, Bryce. And it's somebody that is nothing like me. And they're just flamboyant and allow personality and I for me a lot of the times I take that as like an insult not an insult but like for me when people make those comparisons sometimes I'm like mm, you don't really know me um and so for me to identify with somebody like a Dorian and again Dorian a little sassy Dorian get them together I don't always agree with Dorian but you know I don't always agree with myself because I'm going to roll to a better price but it was still like really really refreshing so um if you guys have watched the real friends of WeHo let me know what you think let me know if you're my you know my review is on point or let me know if you just say no it's trash or if you haven't watched it Give the first three episodes a try and then let me know because I am so curious. I just really want to know. Like, I was going into it thinking like, uh, I'll get to the first 15 minutes and be done. But I actually, I wanted to see more. So, again, don't always listen to the reviews of other people. Sometimes you need to watch it for yourself because uh, I, dare I say, I, I liked it. So I'll keep you posted on that. Uh, another show that I wanted to talk about now, I always talk about my friend Sarah on this podcast because she hates my TV watching patterns. OK, listen, I'm all in. If I like the show, I like the show. But sometimes with these reality TV shows, Basketball Wives, Housewives, uh, Kardashians, Love and Hip Hop, you, you know the formula. If one of my favorite people is getting attacked, and it ain't looking good for them. I, I, sometimes I don't want to watch those episodes. And then with the Housewives or, you know, any franchise like that, if you miss one episode, you miss two episodes, then it's like, no, what's the point? I'll just wait for the reunion. And then sometimes it's like, if I miss the reunion, then it's like, okay, just tell me about it. So my friend Sarah hates my pattern of TV watching. However, I am a Real Housewives of New Jersey fan, OG, been watching since episode one. However, you know, I, you know, throughout the years, I, I pop in, I pop out, I pop in, I pop out, I put my left foot in, I put my left foot out, and I do the, okay, like, you know, however, some people gonna drag me for this or not, but listen, I'm a Teresa Judice, 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 uh, listen, Teresa's my girl, regardless, okay? Right or wrong, green or yellow, up or down, top or bottom. I rock it with my girl, Teresa, okay? 
She's gotten married on the show. She's went to prison on the show. She's buried her parents on the show. She's gotten married on the show. And your storyline is, I didn't return the text. You never could be me. You couldn't hold a candle to me. Ooh, listen, Teresa on her podcast was getting spicy. So, I don't know what season this new season is of New Jersey, but, you know, I watched the first episode and I'm in. Okay, but this is how it always starts out with me with Jersey. I watched the first three and then I fall off and then watch the reunion. But, you know, uh, this season is Teresa gearing up for her wedding. Now, mind you, the, the shade is I thought that Teresa was getting like the wedding special. OK, but she's not. They're just putting the wedding into the episode. So I felt like that's a little shade. But then in uh, the promo and press of this new season of New Jersey coming out, Teresa says she's done. She's not coming back. You know, all of this, all of that, all of that. So we can assume that this potentially could be Teresa's last season on New Jersey. I don't know. Uh, but again, in the chain of franchises of the Housewives, a lot of the OGs have been leaving the shows. So I don't know. However, I really do feel like on New Jersey, Teresa still gives what she needs to give for the show. So I don't necessarily feel like it's the same with like a Vicky or a Nene, uh, where it kind of like is this toxic environment, like with production and not really liking all the people on the cast because Teresa don't really like everybody, but I still feel like she's in the mix enough. However, the one thing that I have really kind of sort of enjoyed this season of Housewives of New Jersey is that everybody got a podcast, okay? Everybody's so creative. Everybody's got a podcast. Melissa's got a podcast. Teresa's got a podcast. Carlos King, who used to be a producer on Atlanta and New Jersey, has a podcast. And baby, if you like Housewives, get into Carlos King's podcast. Now, here's the thing, though, okay? For me, I don't always like to listen to podcasts of people that I like. You know, that's let me rephrase that. I don't like to always listen to podcasts that I agree with. I like to listen to podcasts that I don't agree with because I feel like I become more invested and enraged. And so I agree with Carlos on a lot of things. I don't agree with him with a lot of things. And that's what kind of sort of like keeps me checking back. And mind you, you all know how I feel about him because, you know, he's mad at Robin Dixon and y'all know how I feel about that situation. But this ain't the podcast for that. That's going to be next week when we talk with Jatia. But uh, he did an interview with Teresa before the season came out. One of his first interviews when he started this podcast. And, you know, Teresa was just spilling. So, okay, so. Listen, this is the Purple Pants Podcast. Y'all know when it just be me solo, I'll be all over the place, right? Um, with this season and with Teresa announcing that she is done, right? Um, I think what keeps me so invested in this season, I've watched all three episodes. And when this podcast comes out, I think the fourth one will come out. But listen, you know, baby boy in Toronto. So I can't give that to y'all, but I will report back. Um, what I have been loving is like following outside of the show, like actually listening to these podcasts, actually shout out to the Real Housewives of New Jersey community on TikTok because baby, it's kind of the things surrounding this season that have kept me so engaged. So I really just want to talk to you a little bit about the things surrounding the season that is, you know, getting the internet buzzing. So we know Melissa Gorka. Joe Gorka, Teresa's brother. We know the story, okay? If Melissa gonna be on the show, her and Teresa gonna be, they gonna make it nice and then they gonna break up. They gonna be friendly, they not gonna be friendly, okay? Like, you know, the story of the Real Housewives of New Jersey, okay? Season one, they weren't even on the show at the christening. How are her brother getting into it? Then Melissa comes on the show. You know, uh, Teresa wasn't happy about that. She felt like she was blindsided. Then it's this up and down relationship. Then, you know, when they went through going through the jail situation, you know, 
Teresa, I mean, Joe, Teresa's ex-husband and her kids, they got that spinoff show. Melissa and Joe were there. You know, according to Melissa and Joe on a podcast, uh, they put food in the kids' mouths. Just saying what they saying on the podcast, okay? Um, then, you know, Teresa's single. They're getting along. Teresa's mother passes. Uh, they're getting along. Uh, Teresa's dad becomes ill, has to live with Teresa. Ter- like, you know, Teresa feels some type of way that Joe's not there for her dad like Teresa is. The father passes. Um, Teresa meets Louie. All this drama with Louie. You know, these... Uh, Abuse allegations, all this other stuff, they gossiping. Uh, allegedly, Melissa and Joe welcome Louie with open arms. Uh, but now that Teresa's with, with Louie and we're filming this new season after, you know, the reunion, Teresa didn't invite Joe and Melissa to sit at the table at the engagement party. And, you know, Teresa calling her brother a little beast boy. Uh, they're not getting along. So all of this stuff, you know, that's, you know, that's keeping you up to date. So it is a really interesting because, and like I said before, I'm team Teresa, good, bad, and different. Now, some of the times do I feel like Teresa be wrong? Yes. But listen, that's my boo and, and I'm a stick beside her. So, you know, throughout these years, I have always been feeling like, if I were Teresa, I probably would handle my brother a little differently. Like, you know, but, but you know, Teresa going to do what Teresa does. And I think that that's also what makes her so great for reality TV is because like, you know, you know what you're going to get with Teresa. And so there just have been so many things that Joe and Melissa have put out there that, you know, I've kind of like, although I'm not the hugest fan of them, um, I kind of agreed with them, but still supported my girl Teresa. Now I don't know why. Um on display, on display, on display. Each and every day, every day, every day. Um on display. Okay, listen. Real Housewife fans, if you know, you know, I don't know why that song just popped into my head. Okay, that's <laughs> Melissa's song. And I hate to admit, I do have it downloaded on my phone. Don't judge me, okay? Anyway, um, one of the big issues uh, for Melissa and Teresa's relationship was season three, season four, was that like, you know, Teresa always stood by that she was blindsided by Melissa coming on the show. Right. And Melissa has always stated that, like, you know, they they. They came to me. They asked me, why would I turn down this opportunity? Like they, they asked me to be on the show. And so that's always been her shtick as to like, Teresa, you're just jealous that I'm on the show. Uh, but they came to me. But baby, the streets is talking. And like I said, earlier on the season, Teresa did this interview with Carlos King on his podcast. And Carlos King, like we said, was a producer of the show. And Carlos King confirms that at that time, like season one and two, um, while they were filming and stuff, uh, Melissa was DMing Carlos saying, hey, I'm Melissa's sister-in-law. I love for you to take a look at me. I love for, and you know, uh, and then Carlos is confirming that other people have, uh, other producers at the time were essentially like she was reaching out to them, messaging them on Facebook. And uh, Carlos can confirm that two days before they were set to film, I don't know if it was season two or season one. No, not one. Season two or season three, whatever season Melissa joined, that two days before the start of that season, Andy called Teresa and said, Melissa is joining the show. And Teresa almost did not join the show. So, I mean, I know that sounds so pointless, but real housewife OG fans always, like, I don't know. I, like I said before, I support my girl Teresa. But when, at times when it looks like she's wrong, it's like, okay, girl, you're wrong. However, hearing Carlos confirm that, it really kind of like validates Teresa's feeling, even if she did feel some type of way that Melissa was on the show. If that's how you finding out about the show, 
that she's joining the show, how could you not feel some type of way? Like, I don't know. And for all of these years, Melissa has maintained that, like, no, like, they approached me just a lot. Then also, we find out through listening to Carlos' podcast that when Teresa and Danielle stops, and also, we don't give Danielle from New Jersey enough credit. Now, mind you, she's a mess, but legendary, a legendary housewife. Um, we find out that like during season two uh, and season three, when she was there, Melissa was spilling all the tea to Danielle about Teresa. Like it just gets messy. And then shout out to Real Housewives of New Jersey TikToks. Cause listen, I told you I'd be scrolling through the TikToks. Again, this, this, this issue of Melissa and Joe like Shatrice is like trash you know we get invited you, we don't, you don't put us at the family table at the engagement party all of this stuff and like you know Joe's like you know we were treated like other people like you know they didn't even want us there child not people pulling up receipts of Melissa and Joe at the engagement party not people pulling up receipts of the kids not people pulling up receipts videos of them dancing and having a good time and then okay we get confirmation that Melissa and Joe were at the head table with the family. However, the kids was at another table and Melissa requested to be sat with her son. So they moved Melissa and Joe to the other table. Now, the people on the internet is saying that it's look and again it's always given uh joe gorgas like i love my sister you she, you know which is our family just want us to be a family and it's always given melissa's always like Teresa, you know she only wants to communicate with us when we're filming but i mean in light of all this and mind you it's been a couple of other things that have come out to light about melissa and joe um also, people online, they want to know, like, where that pizzeria at? <laughs> where that trucking company at? OK. And the people on the TikToks are eating Melissa and Joe's home, their new home that they have built alive. They also ask, where's that other home that y'all allegedly built two years ago that? Yeah. But also, like, they're just saying, like aesthetically and design wise the new home is a little off but anyway i don't judge people home um it just really raises the question what's my girl Teresa right this whole time and it raises the question are they manufacturing and by they i mean joe and melissa oh okay wait 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 whoa okay whoa listen I got one of the people that I love the most that I feel like is my daughter or real, no, I, first of all uh, my friend Sarah is a a member of the Purple Pants Posse and I know she's about to be over me for this okay but listen Gia Judici Gia Judice that's my girl I first of all I feel like I birthed her myself I feel like I've watched Gia grow up okay I love me some Gia. Okay. And also, since we're on this topic, because you know I'll be scrolling on the TikToks. I don't post that much, but I'll be scrolling. Melania. That's my girl too. Uh, <laughs> I follow Melania on TikTok and she does like these like weekend recaps and Sunday recaps. And I just live for Melania. Like I live for her story. Again, I'm getting off topic, but I'm getting back to Gia. I just feel like season one, season two, season three, you know, the Carolyn Manzo era, I really felt like she looked down on Teresa. Like, you know, those kids, you know, oh, those kids, she, she spoiled. Like, I don't know. I just felt like, you know, she just was making like parenting judgments, like, you know, undertones. I don't know why I just really love seeing uh, Melania's social media because I really feel like. She's just a, a a well-rounded young lady. Like, you know, her group of friends is diverse. She seems all about her family. We get to see Joe's family. I don't know. I just feel like, I just really love Melania. Um, and anyway, back to Gia, okay? Because that's my girl. At this point, I mean, she's practically a friend of the show. They need to just make her a housewife. Another thing that 
I'm just so confused as to Bravo. Like, okay, we see MTV doing real Friends of Wayho. I would let me know if y'all would be here for like the real housewives children. Like, because there is enough of them. Gia, Nene Leak's sons, Brielle, the ladies over there on Beverly Hills, um, child Jen Shah's son. Like, I, I would love it. I, I don't really want it to be like city by city. Uh, I would love it if like they did like a, a weekend retreat with the kids. I just think that that would be great. Anyway, back to my girl Gia. You know, she loved her Uncle Joe. That was like her favorite person growing up. Literally, we can see it in all of these seasons is that like Joe was uh, speaking of her uncle. Was her favorite person, you know, uh, as Gia got older, you know, some some assume that, you know, Teresa brainwashes Gia, but. I don't think so, because despite it all, even when the families were beefing, I felt like watching Gia, she always made an honest effort. But baby, Gia is not here for her uncle and Melissa, allegedly on a podcast. You know, Teresa, I mean, Melissa and Joe both said that while Teresa was, you know, serving her time, Joe had no source of income. So they did that like, you know, little spin off and Melissa and Joe essentially was like you know on the show like you know we're here for them like you know uh, we always would step up baby and on a podcast they said that they you know they was feeding them okay they put money in their pockets they was there Miss Gia came out and said we only saw Melissa and Uncle Joe when the cameras were around outside of that we did not see them ooh ooh Okay. Then, more recently, within the past week and a half, y'all know Joe Judice uh, got deported from the United States. Uh, he had to go back to Italy, but now he spends most of his time in the Bahamas with his new little girlfriend. So, Melissa and Joe, Teresa's brother, were in the Bahamas recently, and they ran into Joe Judice, and Joe, Teresa's brother, posted on the Instagram two guys walk into a bar together and like a lot of great memories I can't believe somebody got this on video footage baby Miss Gia wasn't here for it she went right in those comments and she was just like what a clout chaser she was like uh you talk so poorly about my father and mm, I mean that he did okay we know <laughs> we got the receipts Teresa brother Joe was not here for Gia's dad, Joe. Now, mind you, rightfully so, because Gia dad, Joe, was a jerk to Teresa. Uh, and I always think about that moment, like, with the hot mic, uh, when Teresa, I don't know if she was at, like, a picnic or a book signing, and clearly Joe, Teresa's ex-husband at the time, was on the phone with, clearly, somebody, and he's like, oh, here comes my wife. Oh, she's so annoyed. Like, you know, anyway. Uh, but rightfully so. But even after he got deported, like, uh, Teresa's brother was didn't speak really kindly of uh, Gia's dad. And Gia was just like, what a clout chaser. Like, <laughs> The fact that you would even have someone videoing this and you take this alleged genuine moment and you just use it for an Instagram post. I said, <laughs> not Gia getting the girls together. It's um, it's crazy. So for me, I know I didn't really talk much about what's going on in the season because it's like for me, it's like what is surrounding everything. Um, and then my last thing that has been making the rounds on social media is that Teresa met up with Jacqueline. I don't know if y'all remember Jacqueline, the original OG. Uh, they met up for brunch or lunch in Vegas and everyone kind of sort of thought it was like a little suspicious right now. This is where I will agree. They posted and was like, oh, really, really, really good. Like, we love to see it. But now, all of a sudden, after uh, Teresa posted this photo with Jacqueline, and mind you, I loved Jacqueline when she was on the show. Um, now it's like Jacqueline has done this reemergence of interviews. Like now she's on with Carlos King. I've seen another podcast with her. Something else came up on my page. And it's like, and she's validating all of these like Teresa claims. Now, y'all know I love my girl. Teresa, but it does seem a little like calculated, a little weird that like 
you randomly meet up with her for lunch and you know when Jacqueline left the show y'all weren't on great terms but like you y'all seem to patch it up you post it on the Instagram it's great we're happy to see it but then all of a sudden like now all of a sudden Jacqueline is like making the the internet rounds and she's doing these interviews and like she's seeming to like be in support of all of the things that you are claiming and not really speaking so favorably of Melissa. It just seems a little like, listen, like I said, Teresa, my girl, but I like to call things out. Um, but New Jersey is kind of okay. They've added some new housewives. You know, I still love my girl, Dolores. Uh, Marge is going to March. I really feel like Marge is, uh, she's like the, She's a good person for the show. Do I love Marge all the time? No, but Marge is Marge. But mind you, the work that she got done on her face, A plus, A plus. Some women get work done. Some people get work done and it looks very, you got work done, you know? But Marge, she look amazing. Like, I mean, like she looks amazing. I, 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 she, she looks amazing um yeah so that's that's the tea i just really wanted to tell you about the housewives of new jersey it's really the outside tea of the outside tea uh let me know what you think and if you have more outside tea or other stuff please slide in my dms or send me or tag me or at me at it because i low-key am living for all of the outside ish of all of that but listen i just want to give you my little take on those two shows i hope you enjoyed it purple pants posse i'll talk to you soon who's the freak who's the freak who's the freak of the week who's that who's that who's that freaky freaky freak and we are on to this week's freak of the week and as you may already know in celebration of black history month i am bringing you some key black leaders and figures in the community that you may not be aware of and i got to thinking as i was getting ready for Toronto and I'm trying to pick out my outfit and I'm spending like so much time and you know what I want to look like and design I you know just was looking up some key historical figures in fashion and I came I stumbled upon this gym that I feel like we know about Louis Vuitton and YSL and all of these great fashion designers but you know I really feel like we should know about Anne Lowe. Born in Clayton, Alabama, Anne Lowe is considered to be one of America's most influential clothing designers. She was taught to sew at the early age by her mother and grandmother, both skilled dressmakers who created clothing for wealthy white families around the state. Anne quickly took to collecting fabric swaps, which she used to create flowered fashion around the ones in her family gardens. Patterns that later became a part of her signature design. Her career took off after she accepted a position as an in-house gown maker in Florida. Then completed design school in NYC and established a shop in Tampa, Florida, where she hired 18 steamstress. In addition to designs that showed up in Vogue and at the Academy Awards shows, one of Anne's most historical pieces of work was the wedding dress Jacqueline Bouvier wore when she married then-Senator, later President, John F. Kennedy. Those floral prints that we see today and modern-day wedding dresses would not be the same if it wasn't for Anne Lowe. So we celebrate and salute you, and thank you so much for your contributions, Queen. So much history that we don't even know about. And so, which is why I always love dropping gems on my purple pants posse. If Ann Lowe is this week's Freak of the Week, that means we are coming to a close of another amazing episode. Thank you so much for always supporting your baby boy. It's truly appreciated, Purple Pants Posse. If you could be so kind to ensure that you are subscribed to the Purple Pants Podcast, we are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you find podcasts. The Purple Pants Podcast awaits for you to subscribe write a review and give your baby boy some five stars and don't forget to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend that yes Toronto because it's a it's a